Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This uh, is my podcast, and I've started that way because I am going to talk to Tony Fleeks and Justin Greenwood about Army of Darkness Forever, number one, which is coming out uh, October 11th, 2023 uh, from Dynamite. And I am uh, a big fan of uh, Army of Darkness and so excited uh, for what this creative team has cooked up for the continuation of this story. But Tony and Justin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. I like your intro. It's pretty strong. You got me fired up. <laughs> it's like uh, my my favorite speech yeah, from the movie when, uh, you know, uh, I just I, I love how Ash tries to intimidate the crowd, but then also still goes into his S-Mart sales pitch <laughs> in that scene. Um uh, but in any event, right. this is really the Cryptid Creator Corner for Comic Book Yeti, and I'm Jimmy Gasparro. And yeah, I'm very excited to talk to Tony and Justin. Um, I think this is, uh, I, I'm just so excited to have a continuation of Army of Darkness from that, um, I guess the original uh, ending is kind of where this is picking up, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not to spoil too much, but we sort of think of it as just like, the full-on sequel to to all of it like after you've read the first issue once you read the first issue you'll be like oh i see what this is you know like yeah i don't necessarily want to give away exactly where it's going but we like i sort of picture this as being like you know you have your dvd shelf and it's got evil dead and evil dead 2 and army of darkness and then you can just slide this graphic novel next to it you know on the shelf as the, as the fourth part and then you got the tv show and the remakes that's what yeah I, I mean i don't want I don't I don't I don't want to give anything away. I really um, I mean, I, I like the the parts of the the comic in terms of issue one that kind of did a little recap of, you know, the the past movies, which are what the, the films themselves did. Evil Dead 2 kind of opened up with, you know, a recap of Evil Dead 1 and Army of Darkness does the same. Um, but I really like how, the, you know, this has kind of uh, split the story in very interesting ways. And I, I'm really looking forward to what the two of you um, and the rest of the team are doing with this. Hey, can I ask a question? Have you seen that show? Well, yeah, have, you seen the tough... show? Ha have you seen that show? I haven't the seen Evil all of Ash vs. Evil Dead now. Yeah. Well, I've been staying away from it because I didn't Did want to watch be... it. No, I, I didn't want to mix up sort of. I have a very clear linear idea of where this story went, or, you know, at the end of Army of Darkness. And I felt like, um, I don't know, I didn't want to get confused by whatever they were doing, but I wondered if it was any good. I, I'm, I haven't watched all of it. That's um, great. But yeah, uh, yeah I, have, I have friends that are like really big fans of it. I just hadn't had a chance to, you know, to get into it yet. But I mean, I was, I'm a huge, I mean, Evil Dead 2 is one of my favorite movies. I, I just think it's kind of like the, the perfect combination of horror and the bit of campiness. And then I, I feel like it just really, that idea exploded with Army of Darkness. And I mean, yeah. I, I, that came out 1993. So I would have been, I don't know, 14. And that was just like all we wanted to watch was when, yeah. when Army of Darkness hit. Yeah, we're the same age. I remember it was like just the imagery of it was so awesome. Like you just see the guy with the chainsaw hand and all the ghouls and everything yeah. just went red. Yeah. My, my brother saw it first, and he's like, "Dude, you—he's my younger brother." He's like, "Man, you have got to check this out. This this movie is insane." And he was right; it is insane. It was pretty fun. Yeah, and I think the uh, you know for for 
the folks that are listening who are kind of familiar. Sorry, Tony, what'd you say? I was going to say, I bought stars for Ash versus Evil Dead whenever it was on, and I keep forgetting to get rid of it. So I've just, I feel like I've paid hundreds <laughs> of dollars for that show over the past <laughs> 10 years or whatever. I don't watch anything else on stage. Just had it just for that one thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Time to, I guess, cancel the, the stars subscription. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So, kind of, how did the, the like the project come about? Was this something that Dynamite approached uh, you, or that you kind of pitched to them? Yeah, they approached me. Uh, I'd always been a fan of uh, the Evil Dead movies and the, the Army of Darkness. Um, and they came to me after Stray Dogs mm-hmm. came out and and did as well as it did. I had been working with Dynamite, just doing covers and like kids books and stuff for years. So we already had a relationship. Like I worked with Joe Ryband, our editor on this a bunch of times. And we did a bunch of stray dogs uh, stuff with Nick Verucci. Like we did, they did variant covers for our book. And then we did like a bunch of like stray dogs, dynamite covers uh, in 2021. So we were sort of talking and then they were like, Hey, the 30th anniversary of army of darkness is coming up and we want to do a new book. Would you want to like, do you have a take on that? Would you be interested in doing something? And I just thought about it for a minute and I was like, well, I've read a few of their comics. Like I read um, the Steve Niles. He did, he did sort of like a sequel too, um, but it's not the same as the thing we're doing. And I read the original stuff, the Nick Bradshaw stuff and, and the Sanford Green stuff. And I was just like, I wonder how come nobody did ever did a sequel to that original ending. Cause like anybody that's seen army of darkness on DVD, or you know you know if you got like the big special edition laser disc or whatever back in the day like there's this ending to army of darkness that they didn't use in the american cut where ash you know at the end of evil dead 2 he gets thrown into medieval times and then at the end of army of darkness he's supposed to get thrown far into the future you know 100 years past the end of the world and it's like post-apocalyptic you know hellscape and they changed that and they just had this like sort of fun ending where he just goes back to S Mart and has this big action scene and saves the day. And now he's like sort of like this this cowboy, you know, demon killer in in modern day Detroit when they where they leave the American ending. But I always thought about that original ending where it's just like, what about Ash versus the post apocalypse? You know, like well, how come we don't get to see that? And I think anybody that saw that ending has always been like, How come we don't get to see that? And then when they did the TV mm-hmm. show, you're thinking like, Oh, they're gonna do it. And then they didn't really, they sort of teased at it. Spoilers for you two that haven't got to the end yet. But <laughs> so I just asked them, like, has anybody ever, I just assumed there was like some reason that they hadn't done it yet. I assume like maybe the, the licensor had a problem with that ending or maybe they didn't own that ending or whatever. And so I asked, uh, is there like, has anybody ever asked about doing the director's cut ending and like a sequel to that? And they're like, no, nobody ever asked about that. So I was just like, oh, how fortunate. Well, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I was curious as to because um, I I think I, I had read in pre- preparing for this I, I had read another interview where I don't know if it was part of like the Dynamite uh, press release I, I think it was Justin that said mm-hmm. um, you know you have the the S Mart ending and they're like that's still a pretty cool ending as well and I was curious you know before I read the first issue like well was it going to be addressed was it going to be something where we we forget about that ending, and I, I without I will just say that it's it's very interesting how it it, it all is kind of woven together, and yeah. um, I was like I was all in, 
So I'm very excited. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so, it's all in there. We we wanted to make it a thing where you know whatever whatever you like, that's it's all in there for you. Yeah. And so, Justin, how did you get involved with the 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 project in terms of? Uh, did Tony know that he wanted to bring you on board for this? Yeah, you know, uh, we were. I came down and stayed with Tony. We were doing a signing for his book, Local Man, and our book, Torrent, like a joint signing down in Southern California. And so we were hanging out and just talking about stuff we're working on. And um, he brought it up to me. And I thought, man, that would be totally awesome. Like, I thought the movie was cool. I'm, Tony and I have been talking about doing something forever. Like, we, we talk frequently. We talk about comics. And we even have a couple projects we've been tinkering around on on the side, uh, creator-owned stuff. Right. But um, when he brought it up, I just thought, man, this would be super fun. And he told me his take on it. And I thought it was, it was awesome. And um, it just happened to fit perfectly. I have a couple other projects I was working on, but they were able to kind of shift around. And, and we were able to fit it in which is awesome. A lot of times these things come up and you just can't swing it because it's just not good time-wise, but this happened to be right. perfect. And we've been, we've been talking about doing this for so long that it just seemed like, man, this is just one of those circumstances where everything worked out just right. Right. So have to jump in. And, um, you know, in, in terms of your, I mean, exposure to, uh, to army of darkness, um, was it something that after you, you know, your, I guess you said your, was it your younger brother that told you about it first? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had definitely seen it. Yeah, he did. And we're talking about like when we were kids, you know, I had I had watched it one other time, probably. But, you know, just kind of watching it again with fresh eyes and actually watching all the Evil Dead stuff just to kind of um, I don't know, it seemed really important to me to get that vibe. That has a really unusual energy, like all those all those movies. They have such a funny sense of humor, but they're really violent and they blend them in a way that is pretty unique. And mm -hmm. the way Tony wrote the comic has that same sensibility. So I just really wanted to make sure that came across visually, too, you know. It has to be pretty tough, I would think, to kind of capture like Ash Williams in like comic book form. He's such a distinct. I mean, Bruce Campbell, the way he plays it, is such a distinct personality and is so well known. Um, you know, to then to try and capture, you know, not Bruce Campbell, but the actual character in comic book form has to be a pretty, I, I would say, interesting challenge because of the the uniqueness of the character um, being, you know, in movie form, some a character that is. Uh, can do the heroic bravado stuff, but also like physical comedy and trying to capture that in, in a panel must be kind of tough. Yeah. And he's so over the top, right? I mean, I think part of why it works well looking, I was just, I was just well, in between, before we started, I was texting with Tony on the side. I was looking through the issue and I'm like, this came out good. Like, <laughs> you, you, know, you, you know, you get going, you start working on like uh, at this point I'm finishing the fourth issue, like we're cooking, but um, you go back and look at it with fresh eyes and you're like, yeah, this works really well. And I think the reason it's working is because, um, Tony hits the sense of humor so perfectly. And I feel like the way I tend to draw anyway is a little bit exaggerated. I think the whole thing just sort of fits, fits the tone perfectly, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, knock on wood, at least that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. I, I, I thought it, it read great. I spent, um, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out or not figure out, but like paying attention to writing Ash, not Bruce Campbell, because like you're, you're right the instinct is to just write Bruce Campbell where like, he's very sort of like confident and smooth. They're almost exactly the same, except for Bruce Campbell is like 10 times smarter than act. And so <laughs> I think a lot of it, like the, the character thinks he's a superhero and you're tempted to write him as a superhero, but he's actually, you know, a little bit of a dipshit too. So you have to sort of, you know, walk that line where like you, you want to make him think that he's confident. You want to make him think that he's Bruce Campbell but he's actually not. He's like, you know, this stupid idiot brother that he has. <laughs> <laughs> was that the toughest challenge in terms of trying to like 
tackle a property like this and and kind of put your own spin on Army of Darkness? Yeah, I think just like tr trying to stay in the in the right voice is the is what the challenge is. You know, like trying to make it always feel like Army of Darkness, not like not like it's my own thing or whatever. Make it feel like it's this thing that still has like our our flavor to it, but have it be you know mm -hmm. feel correct, feel right, true to the original, right? And, and so, um, had you? I, I know you mentioned Tony about going back and looking at some of the other army of darkness or those types of the comics that were done by dynamite had, were, had, were you familiar with them though before this or um did you go back and look at them after kind of being approached about doing this yeah i would dip in every once in a while i'd done a few covers for them so i would see that stuff obviously i get like sent comps but i remember when the first ones came out in 2004 i was like a real early nick bradshaw fan because like i liked his work online and uh and that was sort of his first big book um and he drew a little different like a lot differently like a way more animated style than what he draws like now i just remember being so excited that like oh they're doing an army of darkness book and it looks like this cool cartoony thing um so i was way into that stuff i think it was written by uh andy hartnell who writes danger girl um and so it was good oh, yeah. but it, but again I, I i was always thinking like well how come they just don't do the the sequel mm -hmm. I mean, um, it, it's tough to talk about like what, what's uh, coming up without spoiling anything. But I mean, the the first issue is such a perfect distillation of what has come before and what I think you're going to get a sense of what the rest of the, the, the series is going to be. Um, I, I just will say that any fans of the Evil Dead franchises, especially Army of Darkness, um, any part of it, I think, are just going to fall in love with with this comic. Because, yeah, it is a. It, it's something that's like well known. I know that ending has been on all like the special editions um, uh, in terms of the DVD. So I just think that there's so much to uh, to to love about this first issue. Um, and I, I think you captured the voice of it, I'm both of you, you both visually very well. Thanks, man. Yeah, I was very surprised yeah, to see like where it was going. No, go ahead, Tony. Whenever we talk to somebody that's a I'm sorry. I feel like I'm I'm out in the woods, so I feel like my internet's a little bit slow. Uh, it's all right. We'll fix it in post. We show this book to somebody. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> anytime we show this book to somebody that's like a fan of the original stuff, uh, I'm a little bit nervous because that first issue is a lot of recap, you know. But they also do, like you said, they do recaps in Evil Dead Two. They do recap in Army of Darkness. So it's sort of like a part of the thing is like catching us up to where we were, you know. Um, yeah. And, but also it's like it was like a good way to 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 dip our toe into to speaking in that voice is just going like well these this is the actual lines from the movie right here and then and then we slide off and we do the other stuff that would come after it or what would come before that or whatever so it was uh like an interesting challenge but but also sort of like I'm glad you liked it because I'm always worried that people will read it and just be like well I already read all this stuff. I already know these words you know I saw the movie so I'm glad it worked for you <laughs> I mean, I I'll say that uh, I haven't watched the movie itself in a while, but I feel like it's like in my DNA having watched it so much. And like I read the first couple of pages, which is kind of like the recap, like with just a big like smile on my face. Like I had just sat down and had 
you know, a nice bowl of soup on a cold day. You know, it was just <laughs> like, I was like, I knew these lines. I knew these words. I thought the artwork was great. And like oh, the nice. little moments are so perfect. And I will say though, that, that last, that last like two, pa- two or three pages, I, I was just, it like just blew the roof off what had come before it, you know? Um, oh, it was awesome. like, it took that bowl of soup and gave, served me something spicy in, uh, <laughs> at the bottom. I was just, it just, it, I was raring to go. So I can't wait to see where issue to it. That's awesome. Cause I think, uh, as it goes on, it just gets so, I mean, this, I don't, again, like I know it's early, so you don't want to talk too much, but, um, it just gets crazier and crazier. Every issue just seems like it ramps up the insanity level, which makes it really fun to draw to. Tony's on fire. This man is on fire. Don't, don't, uh, don't mind his living out in the woods he's not um this man is genuinely on fire um so i want to talk to the two of you in terms of um you know how long have you two known each other in terms of comics and before you got together to do this i i know that you've you've said you wanted to work together for for some time but how did the two of you first kind of uh, uh connect in the the world of comics um tony did we meet at image expo i don't remember yeah that's exactly no that's exactly i was thinking the same thing i feel like we met at the original (laughs) the original image expo in oakland when it like the one they did that felt like um, the original one was at the was that like the marriott right was it oakland okay yeah yeah because uh they did know the water yeah on this topic this is one area where i i'm certain about it and the reason is when i was a kid they used to do WonderCon there in that same area and so for image expo to be set up there was really exciting if you were from the area you know i grew up in the east bay so just having anything show up there was pretty exciting we miss WonderCon. the fact that it's so far away is uh personally offensive <laughs> yeah we met, they did an image expo that was like it was like a full-on mini convention where they had presenting and then they had an artist alley and uh I mean, at that time, I don't think I'd done anything for Image yet either. I think I was mostly what I was working. I was like wasting. Me either. I, I was a real fraud. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I don't know what you were working. I, I don't I even like... know. If... Tony, were you doing My Little Pony comics at that point already? It might not. Have been. It might have even been before Ponies. I think I might have just been like a print guy at the time, or you know, sort of like in between my early comics and my, and then when I started getting hired to make, you know kids comics professionally there was there was a few years where i was just doing conventions and sort of hustling and i think that was in there and i think the the people who ran image expo those those first couple of years also ran these other conventions i would do so they just invited me to to go oh, I might no have had to, i'm sure i had to pay for a table yeah yeah that's right i remember that that the they had hired somebody to do that job and his name was like really familiar but i don't think i really even met him at the show but i met yeah, a lot I think, of people I think at the show. yeah that's right yeah. But I, Tony, I think I met you. I think I met Dennis Culver, Josh Williamson. I met so many people who in, in those days, I just, uh, I, I just had such a small, you know, I was really just kind of breaking in. And I feel like after that show, I knew a ton of people and it just kind of snowballed. Since. Crazy to think about in those days. I felt like I was, yeah, that was sure. A good one. I don't know at that stage, you're just trying to make comics and hope that you can stick around. You know, it's probably 10 or 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago. Yeah. Maybe not 13. I don't know. It's been a long time. I really embarrassed. I really embarrassed myself in front of uh, Brian K. Vaughn at that show. Did you? Uh, I, I think about it all the time. You know, when you just say something, you say something stupid. Uh, 
Yeah, because I, mean, I, I love Brian K. Vaughn. Like he's one of my favorites, and at the time he was one of my favorites. And uh, he, we were at this like after hours thing where like fans of Image Comics could pay extra and go to this thing, and there would be like real comic book artists there. So I was talking yeah. to Rob Guillory, and then he came, and I know, and he came up and was talking to Rob Guillory, and then somebody came up and started like gushing to him and Rob Guillory, of course, because you know like they were both on super hot books at the time, and. Uh, they were, they were just like, oh, I love your work so much. You know, like I've read everything, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, I can't believe it. Brian K. Vaughn. And then, oh, my God, Chew, Rob Guillory. And they're like, I don't believe we met. And I was like, oh, I'm Chris Claremont. And then uh, <laughs> nobody laughed. <laughs> <laughs> nobody thought it was funny at all. <laughs> and uh, oh, so that, that was, was it. Funny, though. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great, Tony. In retrospect, it was funny. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, now 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 that I've made it, you can say it's funny. At the time, they're just like, "Who's this asshole?" <laughs> <laughs> That's how. Um. Well, so yeah. speaking of like exactly. getting so started, and, and then we, yeah, go ahead. We sort of stayed in contact because we were both uh, close friends with like Dennis Culver and Ramon Villalobos, and so we would all sort of do shows together, and sort of like. We do like uh, Emerald City, or we we always do the show Stockton Con. So we spend a lot of time together through the year at conventions, and then we're real close friends. On like a we have like a secret comic book artist text thread that we're on. We sort of keep up with each other in our daily lives on there. Yeah, it's fascinating. I feel like there's like four or five of those in comics, and I'm always curious. I can think of maybe three or four off the top of my head. I figure there must be a bunch more. I'd be curious to know what those other threads look like. Just savages, comic yeah. nerds, all comparing yeah. notes on the world. Yeah, it's it's pro- probably pretty off yeah. the rails. <laughs> yeah. It would be fair to say ours is for sure, and I feel like we're we're Every all pretty. Once in a while, we got sort of. <laughs> Every once in a while, we got to go sort of regulate and, and straighten ourselves out. You know, it gets too dark <laughs> in there, and we'll just be like, oh, "Hold on, <laughs> let's yeah. hit reset and, and start over." Yeah. Uh, All right, fellow cryptids, now seems like a good time for a break. I'm always looking for a way to display my comics, but unfortunately, I am not very handy or crafty, as it were. Luckily, I have come across Crafty Comics, and they have a way for you to display your comics, even uh, comic books that are already slabbed, if that's your kind of thing. I recently got a flex frame which has customizable backings and interchangeable border colors. I was able to put in a frame a comic book. It's Batman Elmer Fudd, uh, number one, by Tom King and Lee Weeks. It's signed by both. It's one of my uh, favorite signed comics that I got at Baltimore Comic-Con, and I was able to figure it all out. It looks great in the frame, and I can't wait to get it up on the wall. It was super easy. And I have a slew of comic books now. And uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I think I'm going to create a wall of some of my favorite signed comic books. Um, And Crafty Comics was super easy to use. And I like that you can have a different border color along the background to kind of go along with the theme of the cover art. And yeah, it was it's great. And uh, I absolutely love it. So check it out. It's Crafty Comics, C-R-A-F-T-I-C-O-M-I-C-S dot com. Use the discount code Yeti5 and get 5% off your order. 
And now, back to the Cryptid Creator Corner. Speaking of getting, like, your start in comics, I mean, for, for both of you, like, what was it that led you to either, you know, wanting to, like, make art in terms of, like, comic book art? Like, what led you to there? Um, you know, uh, my dad was an artist. He did custom paint and pinstriping on cars. And so we kind of grew up thinking art was cool. But, um, you know, he was a avid magazine reader, which I feel like this, those people don't exist anymore. Cause magazines have gotten so limited now, but like, yeah. you know, you, we had a shop in the East Bay, um, on B street in Hayward. That was just a complete shop that just sold magazines. Right. There was one, there was the Lowers in Oakland. There was a, there were a bunch of them. And, um, he would read tons of stuff and he would just, he would take us down there and just park us in front of the comic rack. And then he would, that would give him time to just pick up whatever he wanted. And, um, I just got super into comics. I just loved them right off the bat. I read a lot of old, uh, you know, I read a lot of X-Men and Mar a lot of Marvel books from that time period. This has been like early, mid eighties, late eighties. And I don't know. I just, uh, it stuck. I, I read, I've never had a period where I didn't really read comics. There were periods where I was less enthusiastic or more enthusiastic, but I just never, I just, I really bit down and never, never stopped. Got really into it. How about you, Tony? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. My dad did not do pinstriping, but I, I started reading them. I had a, there was a friend of the family that was super into like sci-fi and nerd stuff. And she gave me, uh, like a bunch of comics one time. It was like around the time of death in the family. I remember. Um, and, uh, and I just got really into comics. It was around Batman 89. You know, I think that was a time okay. when, when there, when there was a lot of comics everywhere, there was like Batmania. And then in stores where they normally wouldn't have comics, they would just be selling, you know, Batman and Detective Comics and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. And so I started reading those. And then there was a, there was like a down period for a couple of years where I didn't quite understand where to get comics or how to get, you know, I didn't have a car. I couldn't get places. Uh, and, my, and I was I came from a family of five kids. So there wasn't like a, a bunch of spare money running around for me to, to buy comics with. Um, but then by the time like Jim Lee X-Men started happening, I had a little bit of lawn mowing money and I had, you know, a little bit more freedom so I could start buying comics. And so like 1991 or so through today, I pretty much kept up with comics constantly. And I start, I went to art school to be an animator. And halfway through that, I was just like, I don't know if this is really what it, you know, I don't know if I want to necessarily do that. I, I just know I want to make stories and, and do art. And so I, eventually I started drawing my own comics and, and then, and then from there, you know, found a publisher and then, then you know, eventually did, got started getting paid to make comics. I didn't remember that you were interested in animation. That, that's interesting. I, I don't know why I just didn't recall that. Did, uh, I feel like, um, yeah, I went to school. Oh, go ahead. No, I went, I went to college for animation. I got like a, a degree in computer animation, but it was in like 1999. So it was around the time when like, you know, Toy Story uh, had come out a couple of years prior and all this, like the future looked like it was just going to be all computer animation, which I guess it kind of is, you know, but no, at the time I, it was just, it was sort of like a buzzword, you know, it'd be like right now if you went to yeah. school for like AI or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went, to, I went to art school a little bit later than that, but it was still like, you know, if you wanted to make money and have a career, you went into animation. You know? Like, if you went into comics, you were like, you were really braving the choppy waters, you know? And it maybe it may yeah. not be that different, but I think the popularity of comics, especially with, like, all the media overlap, has changed so significantly that it's probably not treated the same way anymore. This, this would have been, like, early 2000s. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, you have that's, such that's an interesting, interesting career in comics. I think Justin is like a blue collar comic book artist. You know, like he's just constant. He just always just goes to work in the morning. You know, he's got like his lunch pail. <laughs> Punch he, goes in. <laughs> he works until a whistle blows. And he goes in. Like he rubs his head with a handkerchief and he goes, has a beer at lunch. I mean, there is some truth to that. I think, um, you know, well, I think, I mean, I, obviously, you know, if you're doing, if you're making comics, you have, you have to be invested, in it. like you're personally invested and you want to do it. But in order for me to get anything done, I, I do need routine. And I feel like that's an unpopular opinion for artists because artists are supposed to be wild and crazy, but I need to like get my kids to school. I, I immediately, you're right. I, it's like, I have to come to my little studio. I can't be out here in my pajamas. Like I got to be like, I got ready for, for the day and have my coffee and get to work. It, it actually is. You know, there's no whistle blowing. I don't punch a clock, but it is pretty much the same thing. Only my phone's like a an alarm goes off to tell me it's time to go get my kids. So you know, you kind of fall into that world you're working on, and then you you kind of lose everything else. You know, but Justin, does does having that type of schedule yeah. help in terms of like like scheduling deadlines so you're not working like all nighters and and like that kind of like crunch mentality? I mean, it or helps. do you still fall into that trap? No, I definitely do. I mean, everybody does. I don't know an artist who doesn't end up really surprised at how little time they have left to do. I mean, it's, I think it's just, I think it's just the nature of that kind of job, but, um, it does help considerably because I don't end up in that spot every week either. You know, I, 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 I think I'm fairly good at scheduling things out because I have a pretty clear idea of how long it's going to take me to do something. And I think that's, that's probably the strongest aspect in terms of, uh, efficiency anyway, mm -hmm. you know, because if you can predict how long it's going to take you, then you can genuinely say to someone, I'll be done on this day and be pretty close. Like you at least be in the ballpark. Uh, Tony, how has your yeah, career changed in terms? The... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You can you can answer. I'll 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 fire up the question when you're done. Go ahead. I think it's just the delay, but we're we're we'll we'll, uh, we'll manage. So sorry. <laughs> I still fall into the thing where, you know, I, I always hit my deadlines, but I'll think I'm going to work on something for like an hour and a half, and it's actually six hours or whatever. You know, like it's just like I don't I can't. I'm not good at uh, gauging how long something's going to take me necessarily. I know, I know what day I'll get it done on, but I don't know if it's going to take me, you know, an hour and a half or forever. You know, it's all once, once that's, I get in the zone, I'm sort of stuck there until it's finished. That's crazy considering how many things you work on. I mean, like you, you work on more things on the average month than I, than anybody else I could think of off the top of my head. It's surprising to me that that part is a challenge because it must make it must make meeting those deadlines really difficult. It does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are those are facts. Um, no, uh, Tony, I was going that's, to ask. That's what I'm doing after your... this interview is <laughs> meeting a deadline here in, in in 20 minutes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Has that routine or what you have to get done changed i mean since kind of like stray dogs really took off and writing more or are you has does it just maintain the, the the same level no it's definitely taken off um i sort of uh i always have had this issue with not saying no to anything and then and then now i'm in a position where uh, all the stuff that I'm being offered, like I'm being offered much better stuff where it's like the stuff I'm not saying no to is like, oh, this creator owned project where, you know, you'll get a rate for it. 
know, you can have these, these artists that, you know, like you dream to work with that type of thing. So I, I, I'm still not saying no, but just like the stuff I'm doing is, is much more exciting for me, but it means that I'm, I'm all constantly working. I don't have days off. You know, and I'm just trying to, trying to figure out how to go from, you know, like straight dogs, I was writing one book and then, and then it was like, all right, well now people want you to write stuff. So now I'm writing, you know, four books and I'm drawing local man every month. And so it's definitely, and then doing covers and stuff. So it's definitely an adjustment. Um, but I sort of subscribe to the idea of, you know, like if you're in your moment, take that moment because, you know, it, it you know, it might not be another one. I would rather, uh, really go for it right now than then have it be five years from now and just go like i should have taken those opportunities when i had the chance yeah smart yeah you, i saw you nodding your head justin uh you know when when tony was saying that i i, I mean I, you kind of do the same thing i mean you've had not just this but to, to tour is you had torrent recently with uh mark guggenheim and yeah yeah and, i think you know I, I feel like uh comics and i think maybe even particularly creator on comics that's the bulk of what i do i mean this this army of darkness is like a one-off just work with tony and get to do army of darkness super fun project uh, but generally you, i'm doing creator on stuff and i feel like i don't know anybody who's working in that field who's not working on one thing you know planning probably lining up the next thing and then developing something for the long term it's you're always kind of juggling between projects and i think um it's the challenge, but also, you know, it's a great challenge because it means you're actually doing it and you're making a living and you're, you're getting to do what you love to do, which is awesome. And the trade-off for that is not getting, not having a phone call and no one's looking for what you're doing and you're, you're just not working. I'd rather be busy. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I have to imagine that that, you know, that would be the case, even if balancing all those different you know yeah. properties or comics are tough that, you know, being busy is better than, you know, better than not. And as Tony said, try to take advantage of it, you know, for any, up and coming creators or wannabe creators that are listening to this to take advantage of it when folks are asking you to do stuff, you know? Yeah. It's momentum, right? I mean, it's kind of ethereal, but when you have it, you want to keep it moving because um, that's when things really start to happen. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, um, it's like you spend so much time, spend so much time climbing up a hill. And then when you start to roll down it, you're just like, yeah, well, I better keep rolling, you know, like I'm trying to make this roll for as long as possible. <laughs> Um, you roll right in your grave (laughs) (laughs) but well turning back to army of darkness forever um how so what are the 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 total issues that this is going to be well is it set yet that it depends entirely (laughs) uh i so i pitched it as the 12 issue series um that'll be like a complete story a finished uh like a, a finished story that sort of wraps everything up and and fits into not just army of darkness but like everything it's weird because we don't have the license for everything so it's just a matter of like leaving the door open so that you're not closing off these other things that happen ash versus evil dead as far as our story goes happened it just doesn't happen in our story um but uh so 12 issues is the hope uh but if it doesn't sell it will be six issues and it'll have the craziest cliffhanger you ever saw because I'm, like, I'm, I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to go change it. <laughs> I'm not going to change the outline. You know, I'll just make them hire me to come back and hire me and Justin to come back again and finish it you know, next year or something. So yeah, hopefully 12 issues. Oh man, that'll be order great. with confidence. 
Yeah. Um, I, I just, I really love, uh, I, I really love Army of Darkness. I really love this idea because there have been, you know, the, the graphic novel adaptation that we mentioned that I think was Dynamite first did in, in 2004. And there have been different iterations with, I think Cullen Bunn wrote a story that was like Ash in Space in like 2014. And there are uh, rec more recently mm -hmm. the, you know, uh, Ash verse or Army of Darkness versus the Reanimator. But I just love this idea of, of continuing from this ending with Ash in the future and, you know, still getting revisiting some of the, the favorite characters or standout characters from the series. And uh, I, I just I, I think it's a phenomenal idea and I'm shocked nobody did it yet. You know, Tony, you're just like you said. He's really like the, the only the, off the top of my head that I can think of like horror icon who's not the killer, who's a dude who's like the hero of the movie. You know, like there's there's it's crazy that there's not a, a ton of other Ash Williamses. I mean, there's some there's movies where they have like a guy that kicks ass. You know, there's like Roddy Piper and they live or whatever. But none of them have the sort of like staying power and the and just the uh, franchise power of Ash. Like he just he's sort of like his he's like Freddy Krueger, but for good, you know. Yeah. Which is what's great if about he was, him. Like he's just sort of like, like this, if he was he's like, you know, the Mickey Mouse of horror. If he was one step less charming, it might not work, right? Like it just kind of all fits together perfectly. It's it's he's like it's funny, he's a good yeah. leading man, you know, it's like there's a lot of action, it's never over the I mean it's over the top, but like it just all fits together so well. I guess yeah. it's hard to find that chemistry, really, you know. And I think Yeah, it, I mean it Go ahead. I think it has Tony. to do with him being it has to do with him being uh, like an unknown actor in those early movies, like the the first movie was like his first movie, pretty much, and so it, he he just seems like this kind of cool guy, you know. And then as he gets older and more confident, the character gets older and more confident. To the to when you get to Army of Darkness, you're just like, who's this? You know, like <laughs> this guy's a maniac. You know, like he sort he sort of takes he he works in a continuity from those other movies. Like this guy's been through so much. Of course, he's going to be sort of like over the top now. Um, and by the time he gets to Army of Darkness, it is like this is a fully iconic, fully realized character. Yeah. But who knows who he is, too? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So are, are, yeah, will yeah. we uh, expect a lot of, of the the quippy one liners from Army of Darkness? Have you like do, do, have you thought of some of your own and have you like tested them out, like going to the local <laughs> pub and like that threw out some of them to see if they worked? Are you workshopping, Tony? I like that idea. <laughs> Hey, I he like would know about the that would be amazing. <laughs> How about you, numb nuts? You know, uh, <laughs> no, that like I've consciously tried not to do, like, not to retread the the uh, like the most famous lines. I don't want, you know, I feel like there's a um, a temptation to just have him just all day long be saying groovy and yelling, you know, screaming for his boomstick or whatever. Um, right. But what I'm trying to do is sort of, I guess, workshopping, you know, try and work in that world, but without him just like, you know, because it wasn't like he said groovy and boomstick over and over in those movies. He just said them one time and mm -hmm. he's so uh, catchy and iconic as a character that it just catches on. So yeah, we think of trying to work in that milieu, trying to work in that character. So that, yeah, so I we have our own sort of boomstick and groovy moments. He does say groovy one time in this, though. It's hard not to, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but you, but Tony, but figuring out a way to like put a twist. 
yeah, he uses it sparingly. Like he's funny, but he's not just regurgitating the same jokes over and over. Or else it would just feel like a caricature, you know. But I think that's probably why it, it works so so well on paper. Yeah, and Justin, one of the things I, I did want to say in terms of like some of the characters in the book, in terms of uh, the scenes of the Deadite Army, I think they're you know they they used a lot of different techniques in the movie and translating that to like a comic book. Like I really thought the variation in the characters that you know, how you drew them and how they looked, I, I thought were phenomenal. Oh, so cool. I'm really excited to see more of that. Thanks. I think that's the stuff I like the most drawing. Honestly, I like drawing uh, ghoulish screwed up looking people. It's pretty fun. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, well, you're great at it. So, oh, you know, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, he's, he's really great at storytelling and he's really great at doing um, like, he, he draws in a cartoony style, but it also has this edge that feels real sharp and dangerous. And so that like, it's that dangerous sharp side that he, that when he does those, the deadites and the monsters and stuff like that, it feels, it feels dangerous and grimy. Oh, right on. Thanks. Real good fit. It's fun to lean, fun to lean into that part. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for the, for the rest of the series. Um, well, I wanted to ask though, in terms of, you know, Anything else that you want to let listeners know? I mean, I know I'm familiar with Stray Dogs and Local Man. Um, Justin, I was a fan of Torrent that you did with Mark Guggenheim. So I had oh, him thanks. on the po- podcast. Um, is there anything else that you ha- either of you have coming out that you want to um, you know, let the Cryptid Creator Corner listeners know about? I think uh, Tony and I both have a trade collection coming out in the next couple of weeks, right? Isn't local man's uh, trade coming out in like two weeks or something. We're, we're next week. Torrent's uh, trade comes out next week. Pretty sure. I think local man's maybe the week after if, I'm, if I remember right. Or it's real close in there. Right, Tony? Yeah, we came out. First issues came out right around the same time and trades are coming out right around the same time. Yeah. Um, I've got local man gold in stores right now. It came out last Wednesday. Um, and that's like a one shot. You know, sort of like if you haven't read Local Man, you've heard about it. Local Man's a um, it's a comic that me and Tim Seeley do together where we both write it and both draw it. And it's about a guy that used to be like a 1990s sort of uh, extreme studios, uh, homage studios, top cow type image superhero um, who now is sort of like 30 years later. And he's like canceled and disgraced uh, and he has to move back home with his mom and dad and he's not allowed to be a superhero anymore. And it's sort of about what he does now that that like his whole world is sort of upside down. And can he still help people? Can he still sort of like fight crime, even though he's not, you know, wearing spandex and toting giant guns and stuff. Um, so that's coming out. The trade's coming out for that. The next arc of it starts in October. Um, and then I've got a couple other creator owned books that are still in production that aren't aren't ready to announce yet. But by this time next year, well, not this time next year, by like springtime next year. I think I will have in counting army of darkness, four books coming out, uh, that I either write or draw or both of them, which is, uh, a lot. <laughs> so a lot. I think this, this 2020, <laughs> 2020 will be a, a pretty heavy duty year. Um, which is what sort of what 2021 was, you know, with stray dogs was like a heavy, heavy year. And that was only, seven issues of comics but it was just like you know a, also a billion covers so hoping to be able to sort of like uh hire out some of that cover work this time and just do you know just write these books and and do the production part of them that the stuff that i feel like i'm best at yeah oh well, that's big year well that's awesome 
Yeah. Uh, well, good luck. I uh, look forward to more <laughs> in 2024. Um, and so, and Justin, the trade yeah, of Torn is here. coming out. Yeah, the trade of uh, Torn is coming out next. I'm relatively certain it's next Wednesday. So I think it's September 13th. And uh, Torrent was, uh, I think the short pitch for Torrent was like, what would it take to make Spider-Man into the Punisher? What would it take to make like a happy, happy-go-lucky B-level superhero into an absolute killing machine? Like, what would you have? To, how far would you have to push her to make that happen? So our story follows uh, this character, Cracker Jack, whose whose husband is taken from her and child is taken away, kidnapped, and she just goes off the deep. Yeah, it's great. I, I I really like Torrent. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. I'm excited to see the. I haven't gotten the the proof of the trade yet, but I'm really excited. I mean, I've re, I've looked at it digitally, but I, I don't know. I'm so old fashioned. I like, I get real. I still get really excited about holding the physical copy of a book, just being like, here it is. Like we made this thing. Um, I think it's coming like any time in the next few days, and I'm just super pumped about it. I love the book. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. Um, but I, I, you know, so for listeners, check out any any one of these comics that we've mentioned. You are bound to find something that you like, whether or not it's superheroes or um, horror or stray dogs, um, which <laughs> maybe contains all of those things. Uh, <laughs> Every genre <I> want. <laughs> He's got to give one of the dogs a cape and you're ready. You got it all. But um, Army sure, yeah. of Darkness Mind forever. Get bit by a radioactive <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just a little extra something and you've got the yeah. whole gamut. Uh, but um, uh, Army of Darkness Forever, number one, uh, out October 11th. And uh, be sure to order it. And uh, especially because I want to read all of it, all 12 issues. So make sure you order it. Tell your local comic book shop that you want it. Uh, this is like a um, a continuation of a story that I, I I think I've been wanting to see since I first heard that there was, uh, you know, a different ending that ne- didn't make the the cut initially. So I'm very excited for this. And I thought it was a fantastic first issue. Um, but yeah, uh, Tony and Justin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hey, thanks so much, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet both of you. All right. So for uh, comic book Yeti's cryptid creator corner, I'm Jimmy Gasparro. Thanks for listening rate and review and do all that other stuff they tell you to do for podcasts. Uh, Cause we like to hear it that you, uh, you like that you're listening and you got something out of these episodes. We certainly like doing them for you and uh, be sure to check out army of darkness forever. Number one. And again, Tony and Justin, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks man. All right. And Oh, uh, shout out to my brother, Bobby, the cryptic creator corner podcast. Number one, most dedicated listener, Bobby Whoa. listens to all my episodes and we'll be walking hey, around Bobby. the floor on, on Friday at Baltimore Comic-Con saying hi to folks. So uh, uh, thanks again. Nice. Listeners, well, sure and, uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks, Jimmy. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.